What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this. We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
evening, USA, international, Canada, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host with the most misunderstood, lonely nomad, unstoppable, independent podcaster, and of course, Queens, New York native, repping Lawton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging out and tuning into the 260th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. Live and direct from StreamYard alongside with YouTube. And myself is um, the podcast um, page, Instagram live feed. Make sure you turn your notifications and follow the page on Instagram as well. And... And yes, turn your notifications so you can know when each episode is going to be dropping. Um, especially um, some questions that I'm going to be um, adding to the Insta story and post. So stay tuned for that one right there. Plus, if you are new to the channel and you miss any new and previous episodes that's already been dropped, don't worry. Everything's all there. So you can go ahead and grab that subscribe subscribe button for me on the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks 555. Tap on the Noni Noni bell alongside with alerts so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream, along with the date and the time. And leave a like and a comment along with the episodes with the topics being discussed. More of your content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. Excuse me. Download the episodes. Um, share the videos. Share the episodes. Listen, stream, watch the episodes on every streaming platforms, which I will cover at the end of the show, and and everything else in between. I will handle that at at the end. So, um, without further ado. Hang on a second here. Yes, without further ado, let's let's cut to the chase into some New York mass transit files. Let's do this. transit topic we need to talk about is the city so let's get into it right here um let me turn this up real quick hold on
Okay. So, City will launch a pilot program testing neighborhood delivery micro hubs across the five boroughs, aimed at reducing the surge at truck at truck traffic racing to meet New Yorkers' insaturable demand for home delivery. Starting this summer, the Department of Transportation says that it will build out up to 20 hubs, both curbside and off-street, where large delivery trucks can unload goods goods and transfer, transfer them to smaller-scale modes of transportation, such as vans, cargo, bikes, or even hand-pulled carts, which would make the final leg of the journey to the customer's door. New Yorkers are receiving more deliveries than ever before, and we are pursuing creative ways to make these deliveries cleaner, safer, and more efficient by reducing the number of delivery trucks on our roads, said DOT Commissioner Edonis Rodriguez in a statement. These hubs will help better organize last mile deliveries and support small and large businesses' economic recovery as we emerge from the, the slamdemic. The, more, the move comes as the city and large corporations like Amazon face mounting criticism over the logistical process of deliveries, which sees companies set up busy warehouses, often concentrated in environmental justice communities to handle record amounts of delivery demand. Okay, DOT reports that just under half of New Yorkers are receiving at least one package delivered to their home per week, with nearly one in the five in five receiving packages at least four times weekly. COVID-19 extensively changed the logistics of delivery before the slamdemic. About 60% of deliveries were made to commercial customers, which are typically on larger roadways more conducive to deliveries with the rest going to residential addresses but now 80 about 80 percent of deliveries are going to residential customers which means more truck traffic on residential streets the trucks dispatched from the warehouses led to significant amounts of congestion on local streets and by extension air and noise pollution both on trucks on truck routes near warehouses and on streets where deliveries end up. Truck deliver about um, 90% of freight deliveries in E. No, in the, in the Big Apple, DOT says. Environmental advocates um, have teamed up with elected officials to call for regulation of last mile facilities through the zoning code, which would require a special permit to build new home, new ones and prohibit their construction near schools, parks, public housing, or last 
or other last mile warehouses, the Adams administration has not taken a position on the zoning proposals concerned about the potential impact on the supply chain. DOT was required to put out a request for expressions of interest for microhubs through a law passed by the city council in 2021 and gathered considerable feedback from freight operators and community groups, along with tech and infrastructure companies. So the feedback will be incorporated into the siding and design choices DOT makes for its initial roll, rollout of 20 hubs, which will include both curbside spots in place of parking spaces and larger, larger off-street hubs underneath elevated structures like highways or subway lines. Still up in the air is where the hubs will be located, what fees will be charged, how big they will be, how they'll remain free of parking scoff laws and who will run them among other things a dot spokesperson clarified that for the initial rollout this summer each hub will service just one company though that could change in the future
Next fall, after the first year of the pilot program, DOT will pour over the data collected on usage, demand, congestion, and other factors and proceed to expand the pilot further. By 2026, the agency will issue a final report on how the pilot went and determine the feasibility of making it permanent. Similar projects have yielded some positive results in other cities. The agency notes in Seattle, a reservation system for curbside space reduced double parking by 64%. In London, Amazon's last mile hub replaced in an underutilized parking lot and removed about 85 delivery vans from the central business district daily, reducing vehicle miles and by extension congestion and pollution the hubs could be hubified further by placing other nods other nodes excuse me directly on site like a delivery focused kitchen cold storage or connections to marine transport that sounds like a vending that sounds like a vendor's thing um, DLT has installed over 2,000 curbside loading zones across the city since last year. The agency reported on Thursday well above its legally mandated requirement. The agency says that some curbs with loading zones saw double parking plummet. Opens plans a nonprofit that lobbies for livable street prioritizing pedestrians and cyclists over cars gave the plan a thumbs up. The reality is e-commerce is ubiquitous. Um, ubiquitous. And if we don't design our streets to accommodate it, the current chaos will only get worse. This new approach is forward thinking and just right for our city, said, Lord, said Sarah Lind. Chief strategy officer at open plans um combining more loading zones with micro mobility for the last mile will cut down on congestion double parking block bus and bike lanes and polluting emissions repurposing some curb space to allow for unloading and distributions distribution is a good use for of public space DOT Commissioner um, Rodriguez will discuss the plan before members of the City Council's Transportation Committee on Monday, said the committee chair, Salvina Brooks Powers of Queens. The committee will also discuss bills that would redesign the city's truck routes and call for redesigning streets to limit truck traffic. New Yorkers are counting on us to create new long-term sustainable transportation infrastructure alternatives to allow goods to circulate in neighborhoods while reducing the harmful environmental justice impacts of unnecessary truck traffic, Brooks Power said in a statement. The, the environmentalists fighting to regulate last, last mile um, warehouses through the zoning code are 
cautiously optimistic about the hubs, but a spokesperson for the last mile collision, um, Kevin Garcia said it would not be a silver bullet to address the uh, myriad downstream effects of the warehouses, particularly in the neighborhoods where they are sited. Micro hubs can be helpful in reducing congestion and tailpipe emissions, said Garcia, the transportation planner at the NYC Environmental Justice Alliance. However, it does not address the issue of last mile warehouse siting and clustering that's occurring in environmental justice communities. Environmental justice communities are those areas with disproportionately low income and non-white populations which have historically borne the burdens associated with polluting industries in their their backyards. They are supposedly the communities that will be first in line for funds to address climate change locally. Ugh, give me a break. Amazon opened its first fulfillment center on Staten Island in 2018, but since then, um, last month last mile facilities have proliferated in the city with about 20 throughout the five boroughs as of last year according to researchers at the center for resilient cities and landscapes more are in the pipeline considerable um, proportion of those warehouses are in environmental justice communities like sunset park and red hook in brooklyn massbeth in queens and Hunts Point, Hunts Point in the Bronx. Those council districts all have levels of particulate matter air pollution higher than the citywide average, according to Transportation Alternatives Spatial Equity Tool. Okay, next we have. Up next we have, um, you know, the baby stroller pilots. Okay, so. Um, New York City parents will soon be able to smoothly roll their strollers on buses across 57 routes throughout the city as part of a pilot program that the Metropolitan Transportation Authority is expanding. Um, okay, so the MTA announced Thursday it will begin the second phase of its open stroller pilot, which will retrofit over 1,000 buses with a design with a designated space for strollers so that parents don't have to fold them before boarding as mandated under the current MTA stroller policy across most of New York, most of the city. The expansion comes after the agency launched the program in September on only a handful of bus routes. By next fall, the second phase of the program will retrofit all local and select buses operating out of six depots that serve around 250,000 daily weekly riders and include some of the busiest routes in the system, according to the MTA. Um, the open stroller program has demonstrated that we can make buses more accessible to all customers while providing faster, cleaner, and safer service, said New York City Transit President Richard Davey. As we expand, more and more bus customers will benefit from enhanced accessibility, especially for parents and caregivers. Um, <clears throat> so a complete list of straw-ready routes will include 
the B1, B3, B6, and 6 Limited, B36, B64, B74 in Brooklyn, the B, the BX6, BX6 SBS, BX8, BX11, BX17, BX19, BX21, BX23, BX27, BX31, BX32, BX33, BX35, BX36, and and 36 Limited, BX46 in the Bronx. As for um, the, the M15, M31, M101, M102, M103, M125 in Manhattan. The Q12, Q13, Q15, Q15A, Q16, Q20A, Q20B, Q26, Q28, Q31, Q32, Q44, SBS, Q48, Q50 Limited, Q76 in Queens. Before I keep going, let me see who's in the chat real quick. Shouts to the crew from the Take 30 podcast. Shouts to the crew from Take 30 podcast. Thank you very much for listening and, and watching this live stream. And um, yeah, let's keep. Hold on a second. Stupid plane. All right. Um. So, um, the S forty, S forty two, S forty six, S forty eight, S fifty one, S fifty two, S fifty three, S sixty six, S seventy six, S eighty one limited, S S eighty six. Excuse me. Um, limited S ninety limited, S ninety three limited, S ninety six limited, and S ninety eight limited in Staten Island. Um, the MTA received largely positive feedback from more than 200 online custom, customer comments on its stroller policy since the pilot started. Four out of five customers supported expanding the pilot to more buses, the agency said. The idea behind the pilot is to create a seamless boarding experience for parents in a way that speeds up the process for other riders as well. Bus operators haven't reported any safety incidents or conflicts from on any of the routes where the pilot has been implemented so far. As a mother of three 
young children who has um, had to frequently frequently navigate public transportation with a stroller. I am thrilled to hear about the expansion of the open stroller pilot program, said Assembly Member Grace Lee. Participating buses will be identifiable from the outside by a stroller decal that customers can spot before boarding. Um, the stroller space inside the bus is also designed with a decal and and is spaced, excuse me, separate from existing priority seating for bus riders with disabilities. This program, which will create designated open stroller spaces without comprom compromising wheelchair, ac wheelchair access, is an innovative way to make public transit more family friendly, said U.S. Representative Gerald Gerald Nadler. I look forward to seeing my seeing parents in my district take advantage of this pilot program on the Crosstown M31 bus and hope to see designated stroller spaces on additional routes in the future. Okay, let's see. Let's see what else we have to talk about here um, before I move on. Um Let's see. Okay, we have to talk about a reckless driver who who got into a little a little incident. Hold on a sec. Yes, we got to talk about a little incident that happened in the Bronx by Morris Park. And this is going to be, hold on a second. Hold on a second here. Um, Yes, so chatting on the jazz, man. Um, a little incident involving um an accident. So let's get into it right here. Let's get into it right here, though. Hold on. 
Okay. We got a little incident in Morris Park that we need to get to right here for the people who may be um, familiar with Morris Park in the Bronx. For those Bronx sites out there, listen to this. Um, so what we have here is um, a reckless driver in Morris Park left the scene after killing a bicyclist who was steps from his home Wednesday night, according to NYPD. And this is from the Bronx Times, the BX Times, excuse me. Um, A white pickup truck blew through a red light at the intersection of Pierce Avenue and Williamsburg Bridge Road while speeding north, according to police. The truck hit, the truck driver hit 64-year-old Hua Pan, who had a green light while riding an e-bike across Williams Bridge Road. Pan was thrown off of his bike and into the roadway, police said. Um, damn, that's crazy, man. That's really crazy. <sighs> wow. Okay, um, let's keep going here. Let's keep going here. Um, so, all right, let's get, let's go. Um, Pan was heading east along Pierce Avenue, according to police, which um would have brought him straight to the to the address police listed at as his home, just steps away from the intersection the driver um whose identity remains unknown at this time continued north along williamsbridge Ro- williamsbridge road even after hitting the bicyclist according to the police police said they saw pan line in the road at about 11:22 p.m., he sustained head trauma and was brought to J- Jacoby Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead, according to the police department. ABC News reported that Pan's loved ones saw him on the scene. It was plenty—no, excuse me—it was pretty devastating. The man's wife I, and I and I think children came out. They came, they saw him, and it was just really bad. It was really bad, and I witnessed told ABC ABC News. Pan was one of three people. One of three people, excuse me. Um, hold on a second. Yes, one of three people fatally killed by drivers over the span of four hours on Wednesday. In another hit and run, a pedestrian Oscar Nieves, age 62, was killed by a gray SUV in in East Harlem at around 7.30 p.m. He was crossing the street, also steps away from his home, according to 
an AM New York report. Damn, man. Damn. Damn, son. Damn, son. Damn, man. That's crazy. This is crazy. I'm not trying to make light of this, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm really not, though, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really not, though. Um, yeah, I'm really not. I'm not going to really do that. That's not that's not in my character anyway. But um before I continue, I wanna actually, you know, do something real quick. Let me do something real quick. Fucking believable, man. Anyway, oh, oh man. Um, let's see. So, and shortly before that, a pedestrian was killed. Hold on a sec. Yeah, a pedestrian was killed in Brooklyn. Chain Blum, age twenty-three, was about a half mile from his home when he was simply standing on the sidewalk in a, in a Toyota Sienna minivan involved in a two-car accident fatally struck him at 7 10 p.m according to a daily news report fam today families loved ones and entire communities are mourning three preventable deaths on our streets danny harris executive director of advocacy group transportation alternatives said in a statement we send our deepest condolences to loved ones of the three people killed in traffic traffic violence damn Okay, so um, another story from the BX Times. Um, a driver who turned himself into police on Thursday for a deadly hit and run in Morris Park earlier this month has yet to face any has yet to face any charges. The driver's lawyer told the Bronx Times he expected his client to be charged when he turned himself in at the 49th the 49th precinct but was instead let go. We anticipated Mr. Emilio Barrios being charged with negligent homicide, but he wasn't charged with anything. And after speaking with the detectives, we were allowed to walk him out of the precinct lawyer, Nicholas Ram Charitar said.
Okay, Bronx resident Emilio Barrios, who identified himself as the driver of the truck that fled the scene, turned himself into police with Ram Charita on Thursday, as first reported by the Daily News and what the lawyer told the Bronx Times he thought would be a surrender. The NYPD reported on reported that on April 5th, a driver went through a red light a red light at a high rate of speed in a white pickup truck at the intersection of Williams Bridge Road and Pierce Avenue, fatally crashing into Morris Park um, resident Hua Pond before com- continuing to drive away. Of course, Pond A64 was crossing the street with a green light on an e-bike steps away from his home, according to information from police pan who felt who was left laying in the line laying in the road with head trauma was pronounced dead at jacoby medical center according to the police department a collision report put out by the nypd the day after the incident said that the truck was operated by an unknown individual however burials retained ram charitar the morning after the incident seeing it on the news and the lawyer was in contact with the nypd the same day ram charitar told the bronx times ram ram charitar said that in his experience investigations of fatal accidents take between one to six months however he said it is a very rare occurrence for him to arrange a surrender for his client without it resulting in an arrest in an arrest the lawyer told the bronx times that typically when he offers a surrender police arrange a time to arrest and process the individual and put them in front of a judge to be arraigned but this time they weren't necessarily that interested in having him turn himself in and only wanted him to come to the station if he was willing to speak. Rand Charitar said that in other instances, he wouldn't have his clients speak to police. His website um, even says, say less, shut your mouth on its homepage. But Barrios, a 31-year-old who works in production lighting, was absolutely mortified and eager to turn himself in that morning, the lawyer said. He wanted to take the initiative to take to come forward and say, hey, listen, I'm here. Let me tell you what happened, he said, which is uh, unlike a lot of individuals that I come across where they don't necessarily want to get arrested. He didn't want to wait. Ram Charitar speculated that investigators are determining whether barriers can be charged criminally since the police report described the incident as an accident. According to Ram Charitar, Barrios was driving his friend's heavily tinted pickup truck because the friend wasn't feeling well. The truck had a 5% tint around the entire vehicle, meaning 95% of light is blocked out even on the front windshield according to Rand Chartar, new york state law doesn't allow more than 30 percent of light to be blocked meaning 70 percent or more must pass through the window um, according to the new york state department of motor vehicles 
The car was recovered by the NYPD in Yonkers the morning after the incident, Rem, Rem Charitar said. Tents are not meant to be on a passenger car, um, the lawyer said. They are meant to be on a limo. They are especially not meant to be on a front windshield. A video of the incident published by the Daily News shows a person pulling a cart as they cross the street, as well as Han on his bike as well as the truck darts through. Um, Barrios told the Daily News that he swerved his car to avoid hitting what he described as someone with a baby carriage and did not realize he ran into Pan. Kevin Daloa, a local bike, bicycle safety advocate who installs white painted ghost bikes to memorialize cyclists who are killed in crashes in the front, no, in the Bronx as part of an international initiative, told the Bronx Times he found the crash and the events that followed to be outrageous. How do you not know if you hit something? Daloa said, it's infuriating, it's upsetting. I'm sure there, there would be more people who would feel the same way. Um, Deloa made a makeshift memorial at the intersection on Friday night, lighting a candle and wrapping flowers around a post that, that he said happened to have a bike lock hanging on it. On Monday, the bike lock remained. Deloa found it unbelievable there were no charges when the driver admitted guilt to police and felt like Barrios was trying to cover his tracks. Apologizing is great and feeling guilty is great, but there needs to be a penalty, he said. Deloa pointed to a recent incident in Astoria in which Queens District Attorney Melinda Katz announced two days ago, two days after a fatal crash, that the 18-year-old driver was arraigned in Queens Criminal Court for leaving the scene for of a fatal incident without reporting it. The driver who hit and killed a 14-year-old riding an e-bike also had heavily tinted windows, according to the Queens DA. He was issued violations for the tinted windows as well as not having insurance driving without a license and speeding oof damn man this is crazy this is so crazy NYPD, there have been no arrests in the ongoing investigation, and the Bronx District Attorney's Office told the Bronx Times that the investigation is continuing. According to the Daily News, Pan's daughter and son-in-law were also coming home when they came across the scene, and their 12-year-old child came out of the house and saw what 
had happened to the grandfather who was a chef. Pan was one of the three people killed by a car citywide that night with two pedestrians also being hit by vehicles in Manhattan, Manhattan and Brooklyn just hours earlier. Deloa said the setup of the intersection is similar to the site of another Bronx crash that killed a bicyclist that has since had a four to three lane conversion, but he is currently more focused on the criminal aspect of the situation than advocating for traffic safety improvements. Unfortunately, people need to suffer for them to make those adjustments, he said. Safe Streets Advocacy Group Transportation Attorneys did not respond to requests for comments. All right, so speaking of people getting hit by cars, um, Pop Smoke's killer pleads guilty. Um, yes, so, and this is from ET Online. A 20-year-old man plead. Hold on a second. Hold on a second here. Yes, a 20. Hold on a minute. Yes, a 20-year-old man has pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and home invasion robbery stemming from the February 2020 death of rapper Pop Smoke. According to the New According to the Los Angeles Times, the defendant entered the plea guilty plea in juvenile court on Thursday with the outlet reporting the defendant admitted to entering a mansion in the Hollywood Hills as a teenager with the intention of robbing Pop Smoke, who was fatally shot. The home where the shooting occurred was owned by the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Teddy Mellencamp, daughter of of musician John Mellencamp. Oof. Damn, son. Damn. This is crazy, man. I, I'm, I, I'm. This is really crazy. This is crazy, man. Yeah. Um, of course, following his guilty plea, the defendant was sentenced to four years and two months in juvenile juvenile hall. The judge, however, warned the defendant he could remain in custody until he was 25. The defendant has already served nearly three years behind bars since his arrest. And the Times reports the judge declined to apply the time he's already spent behind bars toward his sentence. Three other charged, three others charged in the rapper's death, 15 and 17 year olds at the time of the homicide and a 19 year old have yet to stand trial. Um, Pop Smoke, whose real name was, um, one second. Real name was Bashar Baraka Jackson, was a rising star at the time of his death. The Brooklyn native was shot and killed after authorities said the four suspects entered the Hollywood Hills mansion in mask and robbed the rapper before failing shooting him. According to the Times, the defendant who plead who pled guilty pistol whipped the rapper and shot him three times in the back. The suspects made off with 
the rapper's Rolex and sold it for two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars, man. Damn. Damn. $2,000 for this shit. Okay, the outlet also reported that the defendant orchestrated the deadly attack with prosecutors saying he scouted the mansion and helped recruit others to take part. Just over a year after his death, Pop Smoke's mom emotionally accepted his five posthumous posthumous Billboard Music Awards including for top new artists. Pop Smoke was also the subject of 50 Cent's hip-hop homicide series. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so let me see. And speaking of which, man, let's talk Asylum Seekers. Let's talk asylum seekers for a sec. Mayor, Mayor Adams announced the creation of a new government agency Tuesday to deal with the Big Apple's $4.2 billion migrant crisis and said he was in talks with, uh, with other mayors across the U.S. to take migrants off his hands. <sighs> Wait, $4.2 billion? Damn, that's a lot of money right here. Yeah, um, Adams said the Office of Asylum Seeker, Seeker Operations would open a new 24-7 processing center for arriving, arriving migrants and move those services out of the Port Authority bus terminal in midtown Manhattan. Adams said the new location would be centralized but didn't say where or when it would open. Also unclear was who will run the new agency and the cost of its annual budget. Workers will focus on helping adult migrants file the paperwork needed to get federal work permits in addition to providing them and their families with food and a safe place to sleep, Adam said. Um, okay, so... Okay, so um, our goal is to help them to become self-sufficient as soon as possible. That is the number one goal, he said during a news conference at City Hall. Um, hang on a second. Adam said that no matter where I go, I'm hearing the same thing from the asylum seekers. We don't want to be a burden. We want to work. We want to be part of all, all of this. We, we, what we heard about being in the country, in this country. His owner also said he was going to move toward long-term housing and resettlement, including resettlement to prevented cities and municipalities that welcome asylum seekers. Um, there are many cities within the state and across the, the country that are saying they want to help. We want to create the pathway to do that, he said. But, but the mayor preemptively 
told reporters not to ask for details saying i don't need you running to the cities and stopping us from getting asylum seekers there as of monday the city the city's migrant population included more than fifty thousand um who'd been processed by officials since the spring of that number more than thirty-one thousand were living in 101 emergency shelters with the total daily cost of housing food and other services pegged at 4.6 billion dollars wow yeah 4.6 million um million dollars Ah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, $4.6 million. Hold on a second. Okay, four point six million. Okay, so the city council. Hang on one second here. Hold on one second here. So, so yeah. Hold on a minute here. So wait, wait, wait. Where's the city council? Let's see the city council. Where is this? Um. Okay, hold on a second. No. Uh, Where's City Council? City Council, hold on a second here. A city council. Yes, city council minority leader Joe Borelli said he believed Adams' plan stems from reality setting in what we can't be the world's municipal refugee camp. The quicker we can process people out of the asylum. Oh, hold on. The quicker we can process people out of the system, the better the better off New York taxpayers will be. Four point six million dollars a day is more than the department sent more than the Department of Sanitation spends, he said. At one point during his speech, the mayor held up a glossy magazine style report titled The Road Forward. A blueprint to address New York City's response to the asylum seeker crisis. 
The 25-page pamphlet detailed plans to provide migrants with English language classes and federal workplace safety instruction, as well as training for jobs in healthcare, food service, and other in-demand industries. Migrant would also be taught to avoid getting scammed by shady employers who violate labor laws by paying less than the minimum wage and stealing tips. And despite the mayor's stated desire to keep migrants' potential destinations outside the city under wraps, this, the report outlined a workforce training pilot program in upstate Sullivan County. The city, in partnership with the Center for Discovery and SUNY Sullivan, will offer asylum seekers the opportunity to relocate to Sullivan County, attend SUNY Sullivan Community College, live in college residence halls, and earn a post-secondary credential, credential or degree, it said. It said asylum seekers will also receive workforce training through the Center for Discovery in Healthcare, Human Services, hospitality, culinary, and agricultural sectors is added. One of the program's goals is to develop a blueprint so that others around the state can replicate the model. In addition, it said that Governor Kathy Hochul's proposed um, $227 billion um, state budget for fiscal 2024 includes $25 million to assist in the resettlement of certain families in the state, including up to one year of free housing and other services. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> So the New York State Official of Temporary and Disability Assistance will administer and oversee the program, which will include contracts with nonprofit organizations who have proven experience in successfully resettling re refugee populations, it said. City Hall also acknowledged an error that mistakenly put this the estimated total cost of migrant crisis at $5.6 billion. The, the middle of next year, 50% more than officially projected. In other asylum seeker news, um, let's get into another one right here. So, <clears throat> hang on.
Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so in other um science secret news and stuff, um, let's continue here. So and this is from nyc.gov. Um so as Republican leaders in Congress continue to refuse to, prov- to provide any support for cities or states that may that have seen a mass influx of, of asylum seekers, New York City Mayor, Mayor Eric Adams, members of the Adams administration and elected officials today urged the Biden, the Biden administration to Im- immediately enhance paths to work authorization for asylum seekers currently in the in the u.s and those who continue to arrive every day it has been approximately one year since asylum seekers first started to be uh, to be bused to the five boroughs and new york city still continues to receive approximately 200 asylum seekers each day a number that's expected to grow following the lifting of title title 42 on May 11, 2023. Um, Adams, Mayor Adams is calling on the U.S. Department of Homeland Security to re- redesignate temporary protected status for migrants coming from Venezuela, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Sudan, South Sudan, and Cameroon to expand access to humanitarian parole for newly arriving asylum seekers and asylum seekers already in the United States and to increase the number of and reassigned existing U.S. citizenship and immigration services officers to reduce application processing times. All these actions can immediately be taken by the executive branch of the federal government and without legislation, legislation being passed by Republican leaders in Congress who refuse to offer any support for the ongoing crisis. Ha. I can't believe this shit, man. You selfish motherfuckers, man. Don't want to help out asylum seekers. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, um... Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, so as a city, we have done everything in your in our power to provide support to the ten of to tens of thousands of asylum seekers who have arrived at our doorstep," said Mayor Adams. While New York City has shouldered the cost of this crisis largely alone, we have always said that. This is a national crisis that requires a coordinated, comprehensive response from the federal government. To deny people the ability to work legally sets them up for failure. The actions we're urging our federal partners to do, all of which can be done without without support 
from the Republican leaders in Congress who refuse to do their jobs will ensure that asylum seekers in New York City and across the country can do what they came here to do, work lawfully and build stable lives. For, um, let me see. For, um, let me see. For almost a year, asylum seekers have arrived in New York City to escape hardship and start their lives, says First Deputy Mayor Sheena Wright. However, until they have an opportunity, uh, an opportunity for safe legal work, they will continue to be at a standstill. The administration is urging our federal partners to act now and make sure asylum seekers have a fair shot at success in our country, starting with providing a path to work authorization. The message from the tens of thousands of asylum seekers who have arrived to New York City has been clear. We want to work, said Chief of Staff Camille Joseph Varlack. Asylum seekers want to to contribute to New York City and the country, but until the federal government grants them the opportunity for legal work, they'll be denied that opportunity. We are urging our federal partners to do what's right and create a path for asylum seekers to safely enter our economy and start their American dream. Um, for nearly a year, tens of thousands of people have come to New York City seeking asylum Seeking asylum, said Deputy Mayor for Health and Human Services and Williams um, Isom. We have stepped up providing shelter, medical care, and ed educational support for children. However, this all comes with a cost that must be shared with our federal partners. We come together once more to call upon our federal partners to provide an efficient pathway to work for people seeking asylum that can and wait to contribute to our local economy while our administration has been has been leading the, ch the charge to respond to this humanitarian crisis we need the federal government to support a nationwide strategy said mayor's um office of immigrant affairs affairs commissioner manuel castro thousands of Recently arrived New Yorkers unable to return to their home countries due to dangerous and unsafe circumstances can be protected through TPS and humanitarian parole. The Anders administration has been calling upon the federal and state government to provide additional support to, to address the influx of asylum seekers since last year. Today's call lays out three concrete steps that the executive branch of the federal government can um, immediately take to expedite work authorization for asylum seekers. Given the continued worsening humanitarian crisis in Venezuela, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Sudan, South Sudan, and Cam Cameroon, Redesigning TPS to a more recent date and extending the eligibility period would allow a higher number of asylum seekers to assess TPS protection. TPS eligible individuals are able to receive work authorization for the duration of their TPS, um, providing 
access to humanitarian parole for asylum seekers in the United States and those crossing the border and allowing them to extend as necessary will further expedite access to work authorization. The U.S. Um, Department of Homeland Security can exercise their discretion to provide humanitarian parole and parole to individuals at the border and already in the United States who can then apply for work authorization, surging additional USCIS officers to access key application types may dramatically reduce TPS and work authorization application processing times, including for individuals with pending asylum applications as, as of March 31st, 2023, New York City alone has incurred more than $817 million in costs related to housing and caring for the asylum seeker population. Over the over fiscal year 2023, the city anticipates spending $1.4 billion and $2.9 billion in fiscal year 2024. This means an estimated total of $4.3 billion will be spent by June 30th, 2024. That sounds like a big that sounds like a big save to me. Wait a minute. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant here. That sounds like a big save to me. Okay, so the despite calls for additional support for months, New York City faces these costs alone without adequate support from the federal, the federal or governments, state governments. This is an unsustainable fiscal burden that strains the city's budget and places at risk funding for programs and services that benefit New Yorkers. Our immigration system is is in desperate need of repair, said U.S. Representative Gerald Nadler. Um, as chairman of the House Judiciary Committee last Congress, I was proud to advance legislation to reform our immigration system by establishing real legal pathways for migrants who are fleeing terrible situations or want to be reunited with family. The ability to seek asylum is a bedrock principle protected by federal law. Unfortunately, with Republicans now in control of the House, they have made it clear they will not fix this crisis, which is growing by the day. In, in the face of their in action, I urge President Biden to redesignate TPS for Venezuela and expand humanitarian parole access for asylum seekers so they can get the work authorizations they desperately need to get on their feet and build their lives in the United States. As Americans, we have a moral responsibility to fix our broken asylum system, said U.S. Representative Yvette Clark. 
I am proud to join my colleagues in Congress and Mayor Eric Mayor Adams to help enhance paths to work authorization for asylum seekers currently in the U.S. given the partisan climate created by Republicans. Um, hold on. It's time the administration takes the um, the necessary steps to expedite work authorization for asylum seekers. Over the past several months, New York City has welcomed thousands of migrants with open arms as they have arrived in our city, said U.S. Representative Grace Meng. Last year, House Democrats responded with the need to expand funding and new resources to help cities with the influx of migrants and help our federal agencies quickly re respond and process asylum, asylum claims. We must continue working to strengthen New York City's ability to help incoming immigrants and asylum seekers attain work authorization. As New York and the nation continues to welcome a growing number of asylum seekers, and as many businesses suffer from labor shortages, we must do everything to everything we can to expedite the process through which new arrivals can begin to work in our city, said U.S. Representative Dan Goldman. When I when I visited um, the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal Humanitarian Emergency Response and Relief Center that was located in my district, the most common request from migrant stay there was to get lawful work. Okay. Um, likewise, the business community has expressed a need for more workers. The, the Biden administration has the opportunity to expedite pathways to work authorization for new arrivals. And our hope is that the administration will continue to be a productive partner as we work to address the, this crisis and welcome our new neighbors. Since May, more than 55,000 asylum seekers have arrived in New York State, um, the largest influx in recent memory, said New York State Senator Brad um, Holman Sigal. In December, I helped lead a letter with over two dozen two dozen of my colleagues calling on U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro um, Mayocas, 
to facilitate expedited work permits for asylum seekers, particularly particularly with the increased exploitation of migrant children. This moment calls for a robust, coordinated response from the federal level down to the local level. I join Mayor Adams in urging the Biden administration to provide paths to work authorization for asylum seekers and ensure that all those who are able to work have the ability to do so. All right. Um, where did I leave? Oh yeah, I join Merrick, Mayor Eric Adams in asking President Biden to grant a pathway to work authorization for the tens of thousands of asylum seekers who have fled to New York City. Said New York State. Yeah, I read. Yes, yeah, said New York State Assembly Member Jennifer Raj Kumar. These immigrants are eager to work and to have the financial security sense of purpose and take it to the American dream that a job provides. Providing them with work authorization is a win-win as it will also lead to a new pool of talent, boosting our economy. Indeed, just a 10% increase in asylum seeker resettlement grows the economy by over $8.9 billion and adds more than $1.5 billion to government coffers. Damn. Under the leadership of Mayor Adams, New York City has welcomed more than 50,000 asylum seekers in the past 12 months. But immigration law is federally controlled, and to adequately manage the ongoing crisis, 
our city needs the federal government to step in, help the people of New York and provide these asylum seekers with a pathway to work authorization. Okay, the federal government, um, hold on. The federal government should grant humanitarian parole of at least two years to to the to the migrants who are already in the city," said New York City Council Member Gail Brewer. Humanitarian parole provides temporary lawful status in the United States while cases are adjudicated adjudicated and allows migrants to secure work authorization within five to 10 months. Homeland Security has the discretion to grant humanitarian parole without congressional action. Humanitarian parole is, is adaptable and immediate. The regulation is broad. Parole can be granted for urgent humanitarian reasons or significant public benefit. Clearly both apply to what's happening in New York City. The federal government must step up and prioritize the basic human rights and dignity of asylum seekers by creating accessible paths to work authorization, said New York City Council Member Eric um, Botcher, providing the opportunity for asylum seekers to support um, the, themselves and the families and contribute to New York City's economy is a more imperative. In addition to benefiting our city, state, and nation, it would demonstrate our collective compassion and committed commitment to justice. Okay, um, let's see what we have on the agenda here. Um, let's see, we got some other shit to talk about here. Africa Bambata. Oh boy. What the hell did he got in, himself into right here? Um, I'll fill you in on this. So, I'll fill you in on this. So, um, according to the Vibe website, journalist Leela Wills led dozens in a protest at New York City's City Hall on Monday, March 27th for the calling for the resignation of Universal Hip Hop um, Museum leader Rocky Bucano. Bucano, who serves as executive director, president, and chairman of the museum, is believed to still be affiliated with the Universal Zulu Nation and Africa 
Africa Bambata, who has been accused of sexually abusing and trafficking children during his time as head of the world-renowned organization. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so Willis, a former music industry contractor and co-founder of um, Hip Hop Stands with Survivors, spoke with Rolling Stone about how Bucano's continued support of the Universal Zulu Nation has affected those allegedly abused by Bimbadas and his associates. According to Willis, Bacano's removal and their efforts to stop taxpayers' dollars from going towards funding um, the Universal Hip Hop Museum are necessary measures in her advocacy, advocacy of the alleged victims. We want Rocky Bacano to step down because if they got a responsible person in there, then the Zulu Nation affiliation would go away automatically, Willis told the publication. Um, we are going to stay on the elected officials to stop our public dollars from funding the muse that museum. From the mayor to the Bronx borough president to the state legislature, legislators, and Congress. They are re-traumatizing survivors all the time with all that Zulu stuff. Bacano has refuted his alleged ties to Bambada and the Universal Zulu Nation, pointing to the Universal Hip Hop Museum's disassociation with Bambada several years ago as proof that the that um that he and the museum have taken the allegations against Bimbada and Universal Zulu Nation seriously. Um, the Universal Hip Hop Museum and Mr. Bucano condemn all acts of violent, all acts of violence and abuse. Reads a statement released in a, in response to the demonstration led by Willis. I would like to make it clear that Africa Bimbada has not had a role at the Universal Hip Hop Museum since 2016. I and the Universal Hip Hop Museum are not party to say, are not party to any activities affiliated with the Universal Zulu Nation. I affirm that the Universal Hip Hop Museum is committed to its mission to empower, educate, and uplift communities. While it is true that Africa Bambada was a founding member of the museum, he was removed from any involvement with the museum as soon as the allegations surfaced. He has never been a board member, advisory board member, or volunteer. 
Bimbada born Lance Taylor was accused of sexual abuse of minors in 2016. In reports by the New York Daily News, four men spoke out about being groomed and trafficked by the hip hop icon at ages as young as 12 years old. Taylor's accusers include Hassan Campbell, a popular social media personality who claims he was abused on numerous occasions. Bambada has denied Campbell and the other alleged victims allegations and questioned the motive be behind their accusations, which he deemed baseless and cowardly. However, the victim's claims um, resulted in Bimbada fall falling out of favor with the Universal Zulu Nation, which removed him from its leadership and the Universal Hip Hop Museum, denouncing his alleged actions shortly after, or so it seems. According to Willis, the museum has celebrated the Zulu Universal Zulu Nation and promoted the promoted content featuring Bambada on numerous occasions following its supposed um, distancing from the hip hop pioneer. This includes posts by the museum's official Twitter account acknowledging the, the anniversary the anniversary, excuse me, of the Universal Zulu Nation, and an email list promoting a Universal Zulu Nation celebration at the Universal Hip Hop Museum. In November 2022, Willis called for Bicano's removal from the Universal Hip Hop Museum leadership in a 30-page report detailing Bicano's alleged ties ties um, to the Universal Zulu Nation, as well as the damage caused to the alleged survivors by its members. The hip hop world created an underground economy for poor kids like John Doe, the parties, the flyers, graffiti jackets, rapping and beatboxing on corners, selling tapes, and doing security were all ways poor kids can make money, she wrote in the report, which she released following the museum's failure to issue a response as requested. Of course, rumors in the year of sexual misconduct have continued to swirl around Bambada and the Universal Zulu, Zulu Nation, with additional um, victims coming forward with claims of being molested. In 2021, a civil suit was filed against Bambada and the organization by a John Doe, who says Bambada sexually abused and sex trafficked him beginning in 1991 um, when he was 12 years old and ending in 1985. Man, according to the suit, he he met Bimbada while becoming a volunteer for the Universal Zulu Zulu Nation, which which was headquartered by Bimbada's Bronx River Apartments. Um, the victim says the abuse first began at the headquarters and was later taken to various locations by Bimbada, who would allegedly offer the victim to other men to have sex while he watched. Wills says she and hip-hop stands with survivors has made it clear their business to shed light on the actions of abusers and ensure they pay for the indiscretions regardless of the cultural standing or contributions. We're going to make sure this is never written out of their legacy, she vowed. We're going to make sure predators 
are held accountable and that no it's it's not okay to harm black and brown men and women or kids oh boy yeah this is very this is this is very difficult man this is very, this is a very difficult um situation that um that Rocky Bucano is actually facing um so these are just allegations and stuff so it's not really um it's really allegations man so it's not really um anyway man let me move on from this shit though man this is crazy right here um all right so let's get into okay let's get into um let me see let me see let me see let me see let me get into one more second All right. Um all right, so let's get into um all right, let's get into let's get into National Strawberry Day for a sec. Um before I um go to the rest of the topics. So hang on a minute here. National Strawberry Day. Hang on a second. All right. Um, hold on. Before I do before I do that, let me let me see who's in the chat right here real quick. And shouts to um underscore sweet light honey. Um shouts to you for, for viewing this. Thank you for from watching this and if you are on instagram live feel free to feel free to say hi and and um you know chime in on the topics that's being discussed you feel what i'm saying um you know you don't have to be shy about this though man you can just express yourself on the topics that's being discussed in the chat and on the jazz segment that i do so there you have it right there. So, yeah. Now on to National Strawberry Day, and and the title of the episode is "Strawberries Goes with the Desserts We Love," which is dedicated to National Strawberry Day. So let's get into what this is about. All right. So National Strawberry Day falls on February twenty seventh every year, adding an extra aphrodisiac to this month of love devilishly devilishly sweet and also delightfully low in calories they are the perfect food to make you feel um naughty and nice at the same time grown both around the u.s and around the world 
almost year round. You are never far from a supplier of this tasty tongue tickler to help you celebrate National Strawberry Day. Okay, let's get down to the history of National Strawberry Day, shall we? Um, strawberries have grown in the wild for thousands of years, and it was the French who first brought this delicious red berry into their their gardens for cultivation in the 14th century. Not long afterward, English Archbishop Thomas Wolsey created the winning combination of strawberries and cream for Henry the Eighth's court that so many people still enjoy today. However, the early species of strawberries were very different from those we feast on now. It was until it wasn't until 1712 that a French excursion to Chile resulted in the mixing of different types of strawberry plants and the garden strawberry we know today was born. In the early 19th century, love for strawberries spread quickly when strawberries and cream were seen as a, as a luxury and the invention of the railroad meant that they could be transported quickly all around the country. New York produced bumper crops and farms also sprang up in Arkansas, Louisiana, Florida, and Tennessee. Now, 75% of U.S. strawberries are grown in California, but they are still grown in every state. That's a fucking lit holiday we got here, man. Um, the berry's name may be due to a number of reasons. Some argue that it comes from the old English uh, strew beverage um, because of its straw-like fronds. Fronds. Um, others suggest that they are so-called because of farmer mulching them with straw, and there are also accounts that the the berries were were sold on straw skewers at markets. The origins of National Strawberry Day are unclear, but it has been celebrated since at least 2013. The heart shape and bright red color make it a symbol of love that is perfect for the romantic month of February. Um, yeah. Um, so the timeline, 1300s, straight from the forest, the French take the wild strawberry from the forest and into their gardens for harvesting. 1500s, the, the medical mouthful botanists begin naming different species of strawberry and it is used widely for medicinal purposes um 1712 um the spy who picked me <laughs> a lot different from um the spy who shagged me <laughs> okay oh shit so it's french the french spy ami de francois Frenzier um, travels to Chile and learns of the sweet, the sweeter beach strawberries, which he later introduces to Europe. The 2000s, the bigger, the better. 
Um, commercial strawberry producers increase demand by cultivating the fruit to enhance its sweet smell, size, color, and shape like a heart. Well, um, yeah, um, so, so wait a second, wait a second here. So what is, what is the best month for strawberries? So due to the varied locations where strawberries are cultivated and grown, the strawberry season runs from January to November. And what does the strawberry symbolize? Due to its shape like a heart and its rich red colors, the strawberry is a symbol of love and the commonly associated with Venus, the goddess of love. <laughs> um. Yeah, is there a natural fruit day? So February is also natural cherry month. Oh shit. And national grapefruit month. Uh so it's a great time for anyone with a sweet tooth to celebrate with a delicious and healthy option. I may talk I may talk about that in a future episode. Natural cherry and natural grapefruit. I might add that to future topics so there you go right there of course national strawberry day activities of course harvest your own strawberries um if you've thought ahead you you'll have planted the, your strawberry seeds last april and now the plants will be bearing their red their delicious red fruit so you only need to pluck them off the stalks and feast on uh nature's bounty try strawberry carving um put your creativity to the test and 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 try carving strawberries to impress your friends with a little dex dexterity you can sculpt them into roses in honor of the plant their plant family listen to some strawberry songs oh wow <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Listen to yeah, there are so many um great songs um featuring this delicious fruit from Strawberry Fields. Um Forever by the Beatles to co-play Strawberry Swing. Why not make a playlist as a musical backdrop to the day? <laughs> okay, so five facts about strawberries that make them even sweeter um they were a roman remedy so the ancient romans believed the fruit had medicinal purposes and prescribed them for minor ailments like sore throats as well as some serious problems like a fever and long-term long-term issues like depression they they are not like any other fruit the strawberry is not technically considered a berry as its seeds are on the outside, around 200 of them. In fact, it's the only fruit with external seeds, giving it its own special category. The fruit category, that is. Each one is unique. Strawberries can, strawberries flavor can be very variable and this is because they are influenced by a variety of factors, including type, um, the weather, and the time of harvest. They are part of a floral family. The tasty fruit 
is a member of the rose family, which explains its fragrant scent and bright color. They are great for you for your love life. Mag the magnesium, potassium, and folate found in strawberries mean they encourage a healthy libido and make and makes this romantic fruit an aphrodisiac for many. So why we love National Strawberry Day? So um, it means spring has sprung. So the strawberry is the first fruit to ripen in the spring. So when the first strawberries appear, it's a sure sign that warmer weather is on the way and you can taste a new season in the air. You can support local farmers. Strawberries are so versatile that they are grown in every single U.S. state and Canadian province. Province, excuse me. That means wherever you are, you can celebrate with a punnet of local produce. Strawberries encourage healthy healthy hearts. Strawberries are believed to help reduce the risk of heart disease and even certain cancers thanks to their vitamins, fiber, potassium, and acids. So eating them can give short-term pleasure as long, no, excuse me, as well as long-term results. Yes, so this year is was on Tuesday, February 27th. Um, that's yeah, and and next year, 2025, it's on a Thursday, and 2026 is a Friday. Of February 2027, Saturday, 2028, Sunday of February 27th. So there you have it right there. Um, let's see. Let's see what's next in the topics. Um, let me just find out um what else we could talk about here. Um, let me see, let me pick something here, right here. Um and speaking of food, let me get to let me get to the Dairy Queen Blizzard. Let's go to the Dairy Queen Blizzard. Let's go there. Let's go there, actually. Yes, here we go. So um let me see what's going on, how much time we have. All right, we should be good. We should be good. Okay, and this is from um, the Desiree.com. All right, so do you want a blizzard for 85 cents? Dairy Queen is offering a promotion that will allow customers to enjoy a blizzard for under a buck between April 10th and April 20, 23rd. To celebrate the debut of the blizzard, on Dairy Queen menus back in 1985, the ice cream chain is offering a special promotion per today. The promotion is available through the Dairy Queen mobile app. So if you would like to get a blizzard, download the app and then go to a participating Dairy Queen location. You might be able to use the promotion to try one of the new blizzards or have a taste of one of your old favorites. Um, new blizzards at Dairy Queen and returning favorites. So 
Here's what's going on here. There are two new blizzards debuting on Dairy Queen's summer menu. Um, peanut butter puppy chow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and Oreo, Oreo brookie. Not bad. Um, the peanut butter puppy chow blizzard is vanilla ice cream as the base with puppy chow bits, chocolate chunks, and peanut butter per people. The Oreo Brookie Blizzard contains vanilla ice cream as the base with chunks of Oreo cookie as well as brownie cookie, um, hence Brookie in the name. Also back on the menu, according to people, are the s'mores, cotton candy, and chocolate-dipped strawberry blizzards. These will be on the menu for a limited time. So you might want to check that out as well. Yes, download the Blizzard. You can download the app. You can go to your app store, download, um, what is it? Download, um, what is it, the Dairy Queen? Yeah, Dairy Queen. Download Dairy Queen onto your iPhones and your um, your Androids, Android phones, um, iPads, and um, Android tablets. So, um, all right. So next up, next is Pepsi. Up next is Pepsi. All right, so, um, so PepsiCo will roll out a logo update for its flagship Pepsi trademark this fall, the first such design redesign in 14 years. The company's in-house design firm, led by SVP and Chief Design Officer Mauro Porcini, forged the design over three years. Pictured below the new logo and visual identity identity system is intended to convey four key messages. Porcini and Pepsi CMO Todd Kaplan told BD in an interview. Um, whoa, wait a second here. Wait a minute here. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a second here. This is... So how do you even wait, 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 wait? Um let's see. So the beverage digest community includes industry um veterans, blah blah blah. Um, let me see this shit though, man. Um damn. Prevails in the logo in 14 years. Let's take a look here. Yes, yeah, 14 years. Here we go. Um yes, here we go. Um Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, um, yeah. I just read this part, though, man. Um, I just read this part. So, PepsiCo will roll out a logo update for its flagship Pepsi trademark this fall. Um, the first such redesign in fourteen years. The company's in-house design firm, led by SVP and Chief Design Officer. Mauro Persini forced the redesign over three years. Pictured below, the new logo and visual identity system is intended to convey four key 
four key messages. Porcini and Pepsi CMO Todd Kaplan told BD in an interview, unapologetic enjoyment with help from a blue pulse that radiates from the logo and will change based on the application. Pepsi as a bold and confident brand as highlighted by the use of capital letters, a new font and bold black color for the Pepsi word mark plus a black rim around the logo the logo circular uh wait a minute circular what wait a second circular wait, wait, wait. this is crazy man I don't know man so wait a second wait a second here circular uh, shit uh yeah we want to read more of this actually <laughs> um man oh man 14 years 14 years um 14 years um that's crazy okay um let me see buffalo rock ladies pepsi Bottler, I am okay. What is this? Ooh. So this is oh boy. So how do we feel? Okay, so let me see. I'm not sure how I feel about this um logo, but you know it is what it is, man. So let's see if we could find some more information about this. Um, um, okay, new logo news 2023. Let's take a look here. Um, all right. Um, it's gotta be some more information about this too, man. All right. Um Okay. Oh, so this is for the anniversary. Oh, okay. So this is for the anniversary. Okay. So this is for the anniversary. I see. Um, I see what this is. Um, okay, so this is for the anniversary, so let me see. So this is for the anniversary, uh, okay. So this is for their anniversary. I didn't even know about that. But anyway, um, in the meantime, let me see who's in the chat, man, real quick. Um, uh, shout outs to Mind Mix, Mind Minx, and of course, for too many podcasts. Thank you for viewing this. Uh, appreciate y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? All right, so um yeah, so 
so because they have an anniversary coming up this year, I had no idea about this. So let's take a we're gonna take a look here. So um yes, so let's take a look. And this is from Hype Beast. Pepsi is updating its brand identity with the introduction of a new logo after 14 years. The latest logo from the soft drink company celebrates its 125th anniversary. Since 1898, when Pepsi was known as Pepsi Cola, the brand has undergone a series of different logos, seven to be exact. From Pepsi Cola to Pepsi, the line of logos has offered a look at how the brand has evolved throughout the, throughout time with its collection of vibrant logos. The first two iterate iterations, no, excuse me, iterations, no interactions, excuse me, only featured a bold red red shade. But um, since 1950, the Pepsi brand made um, red, white, and blue its signature. The new logo features an updated color palette with shades of electric blue, black, white, and red. The slightly darker design was crafted with a contemporary fill in mind. Also seen on the logo are the brand's signature globe design and Pepsi owner's typeface. Pepsi's new logo is set to debut across the entire brand this fall in the United States and Canada. The global rollout is set for 2024, which is next year. Um, yes. So we'll see what happens. Actually, there's a picture. Actually, I see a picture of this right now, actually. If you um all right, so it looks pretty cool, man. Um, if you go to um, let me see, let me see, let me see. So um let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, all right, so, all right, so, all right, so, if you go to hypebeast.com slash 2023 slash three Pepsi new logo info, you're going to, you want to, you want to take a look at the pictures of how the logo looks. So, so, you know, tell us what you think about the, the logo, the new logo for Pepsi. I'm actually going to make that as a question too you know what i'm saying i'm actually gonna make that as a question so um we'll see about that anyway um let's go to <laughs> yeah let's go to um all right let's go to let's see let's see let's see let's see um all right lloyd banks and method man all right, hold on. Yeah, Lloyd Banks and Method Man. Um, okay, Lloyd Banks and Method Man have dropped off a video for their gritty new collaboration, 101 Razors. Check out the llama-directed uh, clip video. Released on Thursday, April 6th, the video sees the two MCs spitting against 
several colorful but moody backdrops as well as a few black and white ones. Both Banks and Meth deliver a fiery performance over the V-Dom production, trading sharp bars and vivid imagery showcasing the chemistry they have when they come together. Um, Killer Before the Shine, I came, hold on a second. Killer Before the Shine, I came up that nigga. I'm born to rhyme, make more. The corporate line, these chumps operating on overtime. This is my quarter, dog. You eat what you slaughter. Lloyd Banks raps. Method Man comes in with equally as hard of hard a verse that asserts his greatness over his peers and newcomers. Legends be Boris Simon, you just a buster before the rhyme. You prime Madonna's like a virgin Madonna. <laughs> oh shit. But borderline, bunch of boring lines, no more falling for so far line, falling line. <clears throat> um, 101 Razors was released towards the end of March and comes after Lloyd Banks announced his upcoming project, The, the Course of the Inedible. Three pieces of my pain. The Queens, New York native posted black and white trailers to Instagram while asking fans to help him decide a release date. The former G-Unit soldier made his long-awaited return in 2021 with his fourth studio album, The Course, the Course of the Inedible. He followed that up with the sequel to The Course of the Inedible 2 last year, and now the veteran MC is looking to complete the, the trilogy in 2023. Um, C- O-T-I isn't the only new release fans can expect from Blue Hefner. <laughs> During an interview with Hip Hop DX last year, Lloyd Banks revealed that he he has enough material to release an album each year for the next five years. I just feel like I'm chasing the ultimate album. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? He began. Um, he continues. So it's like I can't possibly be finished. I also lost more than a few years from just taking hiatuses in the business and a lot of spots I've might have been expected to have momentum, but I wasn't in a situation at the time to just drop album after album. All right, let's go to Nas. Hold on a second. Hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. Let's go to Let's go to Nas. All right. Let's go to Nas right here. Right here. Um, and this is from Hip Hop DX as well. Nas has teamed up with one of his biggest fans, Armin, for a new collaboration after hearing the Los Angeles rapper's nearly six-year-old tribute track dedicated to him, titled Candle of the Devil. The Scott Storch um, produced song will arrive on streaming platforms on Friday, which already happened on um, April 7th. T- taken to Instagram to preview his preview the track and its cover art ahead of the release. Armin explained how fate and a supportive friend made his dream come true. Nas always been my favorite rapper. I used to dream about being 
in the studio with Nas as a youngin coming up. Our meme began. But then I would wake up and be disappointed when I realized it wasn't real. It happened many times until one day I woke up and it wasn't a dream. He continued in quote, back in 2017, I dropped a mixtape song called Letter to the King as a tribute to my biggest, um, my two biggest influences as an MC, Nas and M. It got a lot of love from my fans and online, but that was that was pretty much it. Several years later, later on a random Wednesday, I got a FaceTime call, and when I picked up, it was Nas, mind blown emoji. He happened to walk into Cookies on Melrose, and my brother um, played him "Letter to the King." Nas told me that shit did something to me right now. He as he pointed to his closet. Three days later, we were in the studio at Scott Storch's, um, Scott Storch official, uh, official, official's house, and we created this masterpiece together on the spot. He concluded, anyone that knows me or has followed me for some time now knows how much this means to me. My actual dream came true and not just because I did a song with my childhood idol, but because Nas and I both agreed that this song is truly special. It's a masterpiece. It's exactly what I always imagined I would um, create with Nas if I was given the opportunity. Um, Another collaboration Nas has knocked out in recent weeks is The Tide, alongside with Grammy Award-winning producing partner Hit Boy. Taken from his new album, Surf or Drown, the project also includes appearances from Currency, Dom Kennedy, The Alchemist, James Fonelroy, J305, Avelino, Devin Morrison and others. The album the album serves as Hit Boy's second project of the year, following his vic victims and villains collaboration with RB legend music Soul Child. Meanwhile, Nas is one of the big names set to perform at California's Blue Note Jazz Festival in Napa, California this summer. Um so the festival will go down July 28th to the 30th at Napa's Silverado Resort, and tickets can be purchased at Blue Notes website, um, which already happened Friday, um, April 7th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. It really happened. So go to the Blue Notes website for tickets and more information on the festival. So there you have it right there. All right. All right. So, okay. Okay. What else we need to? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. We can talk about the. All right. We could talk about. Um, let me make sure I cover the bases here. Yes. We could talk about the, the Flaming Hot Cheetos movie. Ooh. That's it. That's very interesting. Let, let's talk about that too. Flaming Hot Cheetos. How did this movie get made? Well, that's part of our um, 
that's part of our uh, movie Man Cave Popcorn segment. Let's get into it right here. Let's get into it right here. Hold on a minute here. Hold on one second. Okay. Here we go. Okay, yeah, so there's a movie um, involving Flaming Hot Cheetos, but the movie is called Flaming Hot anyways, so let's get into it right here, and this is from Collider, this is from Collider right here, so um, cinema's intentions to audiences can often be to entertain in the form of comedy scare, in the form of horror, or perhaps create tensions, tension in the form of a psychological thriller. These emotional responses are what keeps us returning to our local theater time and time again. And so one such response that often leaves a lasting impression on us is the feeling of being inspired. Often this can come in the form of an uplifting tale of success through through struggle like in Forrest Gump, or perhaps a good old-fashioned zero-to-hero story like a whiplash or Captain America. However, this feeling of inspiration can be most easily obtained with a true story where audiences can not only feel inspired by the on-screen narrative, but relate to its truthful nature and that's where flaming hot comes in directed by eva longoria and her directorial debut the film follows the story of richard montanez a man who went from working as a frito-lay janitor to becoming an author businessman and creator of one of the most famous snack flavors in the world the film recently premiered at south by southwest 2023 and with news about hang on a second hold on a minute here damn it Damn it. Hold on, man. Can we hang on a second? Yes. So, um, where is I? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the film recently premiered at South by Southwest 2023. And with news about the movie being released regularly, here's everything we know about Flaming Hot so far. So when and where is Flaming Hot coming out? Flaming Hot had its world premiere 
at South by Southwest on March 11, 2023. Unless you watched it at the festival, you'll have to wait a bit as the film will be released on Hulu on June 9th, 2023. No word on the theatrical release yet, so it looks like the only way to watch the film will be through streaming. Is there a trailer for Flaming Hot? Despite the film having haven't been completed and production wrapping up way back in August 2021. There is no trailer for Flaming Hot. However, there is a clip from the film which may be just enough to get a taste of the narrative without a full sample of the famous red powder yet. It shows the Montañez family testing out the new snack for the first time. Watch it in the player above. In the player above. I actually... I don't know if there's nah. Anyway, um, so what's the, the true story behind Flaming Hot? So Richard Montañez was born with nine siblings in Ontario, California, raised in a migrant labor camp in um Gausty. Montañez's um, difficult childhood was only made more challenging when he dropped out of school and had to begin working as a laborer. When he was 18, Montañez would get his job as the janitor at Frito-Lay. Frito-Lay and Frito-Lay, the very, the very job that would, try, would change his life forever. Um, after an issue with with a Cheetos machine, Matanyas would uh, take a selection of the unflavored snacks back home, and upon experimenting with certain spices, um, he had in his cupboards would stumble across for the recipe for what would come to, um be known as Flaming Hot Cheetos. <laughs> Despite some dispute as the, the validity of the story of this story, it is certainly true that Matanyez would go on to play a crucial role in the marketing department of Frito-Lay, which then led to him becoming an inspirational speaker and author throughout his late later career certainly an inspirational story there is no surprise that this has been turned into a feature film uh so the plot of the flaming hot flaming hot movie as mentioned before the film follows the tale of richard matanez and his rags to riches rise from janitor to vice president of multicultural sales and community promotions for pepsico and beyond of course the movie narrate narrative cannot consume his entire story with the official plot synopsis reading. Um, Flaming Hot is a story of Richard Matanez, the Frito-Lay janitor who channeled his Mexican-American heritage and upbringing to turn hot fl Flaming Hot Cheetos into a snack that disrupted the food industry and became a global phenomenon. Despite such a well-known brand being depicted the story will very much center on the life of a man in the middle with director Eva Longoria stated stating in the interview with people end quote we were never turned 
we were never telling the history of the Cheeto. That would not be a very interesting movie. I'm doing the story of Richard Montañez, who happened to have a hand in creating the number one snack in the world, which is a billion dollar brand. Nobody knew this market better than Richard. He's more known as the godfather of Hispanic marketing than the creator of Flaming Hot Cheetos because he was the first person to go. You guys, we need to make, we need to market differently to different cultures, to Hispanics, to African-Americans, Asian-Americans. Everybody appeals differently to different things. And this is what my community likes. And all I know is that my community is not being spoken to. So you guys should speak to them and they'll show up. And he was right. Um, okay. So based on all that, it seems safe to assume that Flaming Hot will primarily be about Montañez's story with the Cheeto being just one faucet of the greater whole. That definitely seems like something we wouldn't mind getting a taste of um who are the cast and crew of flaming hot so flaming hot marks the directorial debut of gifted actress eva longoria desperate housewives longoria is joined by writers linda um yvette chavez and Louis colic of Gent gentified and October Sky fame, respectively. The film is is shot by seasoned season, season cinematographer Federico Contini, give or take, and scored by experienced composer Marcelo uh, Zavros Fences. Um, a great crew can only work with a great cast with and um with a great cast. Hang on a second. A great cast, yeah. With a great cast, and Flaming Hot seems to have delivered one. Joining Jesse Garcia from Ambulance, I can't believe Wale was in that fucking movie. <laughs> I can't believe he was in that movie. Um, as Richard Martinez are the likes of Emilio Rivera, High Crimes, as Vacho Martinez and Annie Gonzalez, um, Shameless as Judy Matanez, with some stars yet to be publicly ascribed as a character, including the likes of Matt Walsh, Veep, Tony, um, Tony Schlob, Monk, Dennis, and Dennis Haysbert, 24. Um, a great cast combined with a great crew makes Flaming Hot look like one of the most exciting true stories coming to streaming this summer. So mark your calendars for June 9th, 2023. All right. Speaking of marking your calendars, speaking of marking your calendars, um, speaking of marking your calendars, um, hold on a second, man. Let me just set this up. Let me set this up. Let me set this up. Let me set this up. Um, let me set this up. Um, okay.
Yes, the Super Mario Brothers in the second weekend. Um, the animated film um is still number one in the box office. Um, and I <laughs> can't believe, yeah. I couldn't believe it pulled it off, but I'm actually glad it it did better than the um than the than the um than the uh, live action one. It did better actually, you know what I'm saying. So anyway, so this is according to the Hollywood the Hollywood Reporter. So, uh, so the so the video game adaptation continues to defy all expectations as it races towards the one billion dollar mark at the global box office, leaving little breathing room for a plethora of new films, including Russell Crowe, um, Star Wars, The Pope's Exorcist, oh gosh, Universal and, and Illuminations, the Super Mario Brothers movie is a bona fide blockbuster and the first movie of the year that will cross the $1 billion mark at the worldwide box office. Uh, the Nintendo adaptation the Nintendo video game adaptation grossed a massive $92.5 million from 4,371 theaters in its second weekend of play at the North American box office, notably more than expected and representing a drop of just 37% according to final numbers released Monday. That's up from Sunday's already crazy great estimate of $87 million, which marks the biggest second weekend ever for an animated film at the surpassings Frozen 2 with $86 million. Wow. 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 Um, wow. Wow. Um Yeah, it, it it just goes to show um that this is a good movie. I'm not going to hold you. It's a good movie. So, you know what I'm saying? Um it'll be a good movie and it's interesting to see um what would happen in terms of a sequel. And I'm not sure what the what the sequel is going to look like. So remains to be seen, man. So here it is. All right. Um, let's keep going here. Um, let's keep going. Yes. So, sun through Sunday. The Super Mario has grossed $353.3 million domestically and $339.8 million overseas for a jaw-dropping global tally of $693.1 million through Sunday before crossing the $700 million mark. Uh, million dollar mark. Um, yeah. Yeah, seven hundred million dollar on Monday. Sorry about that. Um, it's foreign cumi. Um, includes an impressive second weekend gross of one hundred two point five million dollars from 
from 71 markets after dipping less than 28% of foreign final foreign numbers were also up from Sunday's estimated of $94 million. Mexico leads with a huge $52 million, already the third best showing of all time of for a Hollywood animated film. Ooh. Okay. Um, yes, so, um, the animated sensation smashed numerous records in its launch over the, the long Easter holiday, and by mid last week, Mario's, Mario had zoomed past Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania to rank as the top-grossing movie of the year to date at the domestic, international, and worldwide box office. It's also now the number one video game adaptation of all time after passing up Warcraft $439.4 million and Pokemon Detective Pikachu $449.8 million. The pl a plethora of new movies opened nationwide this weekend to mixed results led by Universal's modern-day vampire comedy um, Renfeld and screen screen gems supernatural thriller the Pope's Exorcist. Oh boy! <laughs> wow. Um. Wow. 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 Okay. So. Heading into the weekend, many analysts thought Renfield would place number two behind Super Mario, but Pope's Exorcist prevailed with an with an estimated debut of nine point two million dollars from one three thousand one seventy eight theaters. Directed by Julius Avery, the film stars Russell Crowe as um, real life priest Father Gabriel Amorth, who acted as chief exorcist of the Vatican and who performed more than 100,000 exorcisms in his lifetime. Overseas, the pick grossed another $10.4 million from 51 markets, including a strong $1.1 million in Italy for a running foreign total of $27.4 million and global total of $33.6 million. Um, holdover John Wick, um, chapter four, place number three. With an estimated $7.9 million for a domestic tally of $160.1 million. The movie has grossed another $18.6 million from 76 foreign markets for a stellar foreign tally of $189.6 million and a franchise best $349.7 million, million globally. Renfeld narrowly beat. Ben Affleck's heir to come in number four with a domestic debut of $8 million, according to Monday um, Actuals. Renfield opened to $2.3 million from 46 markets overseas for a foreign start of $10 million and $18 million globally. The picks starring Nicholas Holt um, in a titular, titular role 
and Nicolas Cage as Count Dracula follows Renfield as he seeks out another life for himself after serving for centuries as Dracula's loyal aide. Directed by Chris McKay and Chris McKay, the New Orleans set film also stars Aquafina from Aquafina is um, Nora from Queens. From Amazon Air Sports attend a domestic cumé of $34.3 million. It earned another $6.2 million from 66 territories overseas for a foreign cumé of $20.8 million. Of course, uh, the Japanese anime um, maestro Makoto um, Shinkai's coming of age anime adventure Suzum, um the only new movie this weekend to boost to boost glowing reviews open to an estimated five million dollars from 2170 theaters for crunch crunchy roll sony a hit in its home territory of japan late last year the film is now rolling out everywhere else after playing in competition at the 2023 Berlinale. Overseas, the movie took in $6.3 million from 34 markets for a weekend total of 100, no, excuse me, $11.3 million. Um, let's see. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, Suzume follows a young heroine who accidentally opens a portal that lets a dis- lets in destructive beings from another world who cause earthquakes. She must reverse the damage before Tokyo is destroyed, helped by a children's chair that contains an enchanted spirit of a potential boyfriend. Um, the anime film came in number seven, followed by Bleacher Street's crime boss comedy Mafia Mama, which found few laughs in its debut. Um, directed by Twilight Helmer, Catherine Hardwick, and starring Tom, Tony Collette opposite Monica Bellucci. The movie opened to a disappointing $2 million from 2002 locations. Mafia Mama is intended for females 25 and older, a demo that has been slow to return to the multiplex, but a bigger problem could be bad reviews in the film colette plays an american marketing executive who travels to italy for a grandfather's funeral only to learn that she's just become a crime boss oh boy um oh boy and everything rounds up the top five i'm not gonna go through all this stuff so anyway I'm not going to go through all this. So, anyway, man, some congratulations to the Super Mario Brothers for making it to um, the second week of being number one in the box office, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Let's make some noise. Let's make some noise, man. Um, Okay. All right. Um, Let me make some noise for that. Um. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome, awesome, man. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So let's get in. Let's um, make some noise. 
let's see what else we got here. Oh, time for some fun activities to do for the weekend. Let's start off with um, hold on a second here. Ooh, all right, I'm gonna pick three places in Los Angeles to do so for you out there in the LA area. So, um, the LA area, things to do for the weekend. Probably next week, I'll probably do things to do um, for the week, um, starting next week. Um, but this is going to be on, so there it is right here. So um, things to do for the weekend. So we have um, Festival of Books, um, Festival of Books, actually. So this is, um, so Bibliophiles flock to the USC campus for the LA Times created event where you can roam stalls from booksellers and catch readings and panels from some of the most recognizable names in literature on April 22nd and 23rd. In addition to 250 plus exhibitors this year includes um an always impressive lineup of speakers, Stacey Abrams, Michael Connolly, uh, Michael Connolly, Laura Dave, Laura Dern, Mike, no, Omar Epps, Jennifer Garner, Roxanne Gay, <laughs> Jamel Hill. Hold on. Okay, Lois, um, Laurie, um, Adina, Menzel, Katie Porter, Megan Trainer, Judy Greer, Susanna Hoffs, Max Greenfield, Leslie Autumn Jr., and more. So you can um you can you can check it out actually. So the university is located at the University of Southern California, 850 West 37th Street, Los Angeles. And it's a free event. Um, indoor panel reservations includes include a small fee. Um, and you can check out the website events events.latimes.com slash festival of books. All right. So um, yeah, it's a free event. Go check it out. I'm going to I'm going to, to um I'm picking three, so I'm picking three and shit. So, um, okay. So we have the uh, wait, 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 wait. So, um, call Craig party slash at the party, um, is included. So let's get to. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even read the bio. Okay. I'll get to that in a sec. So, um, another free event is um, is located at the Griff Geffen Contemporary at Mocha, one fifty two North Central Avenue at First First Street, uh, Los Angeles, California nine zero zero one two, and the price is free. 
You can check out the website, www.mocha.org slash exhibition car correct party after party. So you can check that out as well. Um, and I will be picking out another one. I will be picking out another one, something that's fun for people to do. Um, so let's get to, uh, let's see, we're going to get to, um, not even going to do, okay, so we're going to, okay, so, okay, how did this get made? Okay, so, a trio of funny friends, Paul Shear, Jason Metzokas, and June Diane Raphael celebrate truly awful movies in their podcast. How did this get made? The crew and a few special guests goof off while dissecting some atrociously bad film along the lines of the adventures of Pluto Nash. Occasionally, the podcast takes to the road for a live show, which adds in some video clips and sometimes first and accounts from actors involved in literally the worst movies ever. So let's get to some details of where is this located. Um, let's see. So the, it's located at the Largo. So it's in the Largo at the Coronet, 366 um, North La Cien Cienega Boulevard. La Cienega Boulevard, excuse me, on um, Los Angeles, California. Um, and you can check out the website at www.earwolf.com slash show slash how did this get made? Um, and it starts at 8 starting today, today, um, April 20th, Friday, April 21st. And Saturday, April twenty second. It's a, it's uh so you can check out the website for more information and how to get there and all the other stuff. So I suggest you use GPS. Anyway, let's get to let's get to New York. Let's get to New York. Um, let's get to New York though. Um. Best things to do for New York. Let's get to New York, though. Um, <clears throat> okay, so New York, what we have here. And for those of you who may not know, this is um, a website I'm using called timeout.com. You can check it out if you are in the L.A. area of California and if you are in different states. Um, and if you are in the New York area, you can check out timeout.com slash things to do for the weekend. And then there's things to do for the week. All that other great stuff right there. So there you have it. Um, all right. So for the weekend, so there's um, of course, there's Earth Day in New York City. Of course, get ready to do some tree hugging. <laughs> oh man, and check out fun things to do outside and inside for Earth Day. From sprucing up local parks to learning about um, migratory birds to sketching in the sky, there's a lot of educational fun to be had this weekend while the 
the holiday is officially celebrated on Saturday, April 22nd. Events takes place take place um even after that. So here here's the first event. Um so this is hold on a second here. So wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. So this is so this takes place. Hold on a second. Earth Day on Governor's Island. Okay. Yeah, this is from Yeah, so this is from Governor's Island, actually. So this is uh uh wait. So you can check out the website. You could so this is a free event. Um this is you can check out the website www.govisland.com slash things to do slash events slash Earth Day on Governor's Island. Um, it's a free event um, on April 22nd. Mark your calendars. Um, and the, the whole rundown of the whole run, the full rundown of activities. Um, y'all can check that out for yourselves on timeout.com slash New York slash things to do slash Earth Day on Governor's Island. So there you have it. Um, we have, let's see, what else we have here? Okay, what else we got here? We're not sketching the sky. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. We're looking for some fun activities to do, man. Okay. So, Earth Day at Rockefeller Center. So, Rockefeller Center's Earth Day celebrations include live musical performances, readings of Earth-themed children's books, face painting for kids, a coloring station theme on the, the hashtag Solo Together exhibition, and a recycled craft station. All ages activities run from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on April 22nd, which is which is um which is this Saturday coming up. So you can register in advance here. Um all right, so um here we here we go right here. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? Wait, what the hell is this? Um, wait, what the hell is this? Oh, wait. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So this is just, uh, all right, so you can check that out here. Um, I believe, I don't know, it, I believe this is like a free event. It's probably a free event though, man, but actually you can check it out on the Rockefeller Center website for yourselves. And all the great stuff right there. And we got one more thing that we need to get into. Actually, better yet, a musical celebration of Earth Day at Brookfield Place. Pythagoras believed in the beautiful philosophical concept that celestial bodies make music as they move through the heavens and that through the, the connection, humanity is one with the universe, music of our sphere. A free musical performance at Brookfield Place on April 22nd 
is inspired by that theory. The Knickerbocker Chamber Orchestra will send music soaring into the majestic winter, winter garden at Brookfield Place as they appreciate the beauty of nature. Yeah, nature and reflect on on the spiritual and literal issues we face in our existence on earth so you can also check that out too actually i'm gonna do more than three choices so um the event is free and the opening hours is at 7 p.m you can go to the website bfplny.com slash event slash kco 2023 all right i'm gonna pick maybe I'm gonna pick. Um, let me see. Damn, there's, there's. Um, okay, okay. So we have open street cars, car free Earth Day. So large portions of the city will go car free on April 22nd from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. across all five boroughs in celebration of Earth Day. This year, there will be a total of 30 car zones car-free zones around towns, including seven signature locations and 23 smaller ones, smaller ones peppered across the boroughs. Um, yeah. Open street cars are free. Earth Day is about encouraging New Yorkers to leave their vehicles at home and enjoying our city's parks, plaza, plazas, and expanded network on open streets, said DOT Commissioner Edonis Rodriguez during a press release or a press conference, excuse me. Um, this celebration offers an, an opportunity to get outdoors and enjoy activities at dozens of locations in communities around New York City. It also serves as a reminder that we only have one planet and we must do all do our part to reduce our carbon footprint and pay homage to the one beautiful planet we have okay so all right so um where is this gonna take place damn there's so many oh uh ooh. Okay. What the hell? Okay, so here's th there's a list. Hold on, there's a list. There is a list. So um, let's see. So the car-free um locations is going to be Willis Avenue, um East Forty East One Forty Seven Street to East One Forty Eighth Street in the Bronx, um. Trotman Street, St. Nicholas Avenue to Irving Avenue in Brooklyn, Dykeman Street, Broadway to La Marina in Manhattan, St. Nicholas Avenue, West 181st Street to West 190th Street in Manhattan, Broadway, East 17th Street to West 42nd Street in Manhattan, Woodside Avenue, 76th Street to 79th Street in Queens, Men Throne Street, Bay Street to Victory Boulevard in Staten Island. 
um other street locations uh of course obviously um jennings open street um there's uh jennings street from prospect avenue to chisholm street in the bronx um north bankers anchor north 15 street from bank banker street to nassau avenue in brooklyn bedford slip open street bedford avenue from Lower Mare Street to Manhattan Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. Berry Open Street, Berry Street from Broadway to North 12th Street in Brooklyn. Um, Beverly Road um, from East um, 2nd Street to Church Avenue. Gotham Avenue, South Open Street, Gotham Avenue from Skulls Street to Mesero Street, Brooklyn, Knickerbocker Plaza, Myrtle Avenue, from Knickerbocker Avenue to Green Avenue, Brooklyn, Myrtle Wyckoff Avenue. Hold on, Myrtle Wyckoff Plaza, Wyckoff Avenue, from Myrtle Avenue to Gates Avenue in Brooklyn, Underhill Plaza, Underhill Avenue from Pacific Street to Atlantic Avenue, Vanderbilt Avenue, um, from Atlantic Avenue to Park Place in brooklyn 150 15th street um open street at park avenue 150 street at park avenue um one 120th street um open street from malcolm x boulevard to mount morris park west in manhattan avenue b from east 7th street to east 9th street manhattan it's cooper square plaza on um, cooper square Bowery at Cooper Square in Manhattan, Forsyth Street um, from Division Street to East Broadway in Manhattan, um, Johnny Hartman Plaza, Hamilton Place from 143rd Street to Amsterdam Avenue um, in um, Manhattan. Now the Queens, 141st Street from 109th Avenue to Lakewood Avenue, um, 31st Avenue from 33rd Street to 31st Street in Queens, 34th Avenue from 92nd Street to 93rd Street in Queens, 34th Avenue from 73rd Street to 74th Street in Queens, Beach 21st Street from Mott Avenue to Conaga Avenue, um, Bliss Plaza at 46th Street, um, Queens Boulevard at 46th Street, that's in Long Island City, Queens, New York. Lowry Plaza, Queens Boulevard at 40th Street, Queens, Queens, New York. So there you have it right there. And this is basically for Earth Day, all right? So you know what I'm saying? Um, all right, so you can actually you can actually um check out timeout.com for stuff to hold on a second. You can check out timeout.com for um, some fun activities to do for the weekend and, of course, some stuff to do for the week. And if you are in Los Angeles, California, the New York areas of the five boroughs, including Long Island, a.k.a. Strong Island, and any other states whatsoever, and you're looking for some fun activities to actually um, take your minds off with stressful um, events like jobs, um, family drama, um and, and everything else in between 
this is what I'm this is what I'm here for to provide y'all relief to to you know think about your mental health think about you know maybe having time for yourself maybe have time for yourself being with some friends you know what I'm saying so that's why I actually do this on a weekly basis so so you know what I'm saying um so yeah um yes so um our last segment of night is stream choices on the go man stream choices on the go man let's do this you like what you heard in today's episode and previous episodes and of course including um including some fun activities to do for the weekend three-day weekend and maybe for the week or anything else in between why don't you go ahead and and show some love by following um off the meat rack chains new york podcast along with facebook and instagram and alongside with my sports podcast platform which is x excellent fun vibrant talks podcast the review show meticulous Vibe juice podcast and myself included g money stacks 555 in queens new york and um and um you can turn on your notifications make sure you turn make sure you turn them on so you can know when each episode is going to be dropping and and of course um some some um in case I end up dropping questions for you at home, for you at home to answer in either um, today's episode, previous episodes, whatever. Um, I will gladly provide that to you. And and I want to hear from you. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, so um, also, before I forget, you can, you can, show you you can also show your love by making a charitable donation to my cash app which is dollar sign g money stacks 555 that's dollar sign capital g lowercase m-o-n-e-y capital s lowercase t-a-c-k-z 555 you don't need to be from a rich privileged family to show more support is all about doing the best you can as a human being on whatever amount of money you choose and desire of your choice will be appreciated so you know what i'm saying and you can also um you can also give a five star rating to pot on um, pod chaser pod friend alongside with um spotify as well and leave a review uh you know what i'm saying a positive review and all that great stuff right there so there you have it right there um and um and if you go to the link in bio you're gonna see Linktree slash G Money Stacks 555. And I must say it's very important that you download these apps onto your iPhones, your Android, your Android phones, iPads, Android tablets, of course, laptops included, which include which which includes Apple, Mac. Dell laptops with Windows. Make sure you download these apps, which includes Audacity, Audible, Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Bullhorn FM, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM Podcast, 
Pocket Cast, Pod Bay, Pod Friend, um, Pod Hound, Pod Opolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Pod Chaser, Podverse, Podcast Guru, Podvine, Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and alongside with iHeartRadio, you don't you don't need um, a credit card or a debit card to actually um, get this app. Also, follow not only this New York New York podcast episode, this New York podcast platform. Also, follow um, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, and along and alongside with um, my other shows that I do. And by the way, um, the one I just mentioned, it's a sports podcast platform. And Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show is also another platform that I do. And and finally, make sure you grab that subscribe button for me on the YouTube channel page of G Money Sex Five Fifty Five, and do the same with um my other my other YouTube channels right there, um the sports um YouTube channel page of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast and Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast as well. So, um, um, click on the know you know you bell along with alerts so you can be reminded of when the show goes in the air via live stream along with um the date and time leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and topics more video content upcoming episodes previous episodes um listen stream watch the episodes share the episodes um share the episodes share the videos tell a friend to another friend download the episodes and also and also spread the word plus share the link that says link tree slash gmoney stacks 555 along with your husbands your wives your boyfriends your boyfriends girlfriends friends and of course the people you cool with from work especially um if you meet them at um you know festivities whether it's um carnivals amusement parks um block parties barbecues picnics birthday parties wherever you meet new people all right so um that's gonna do it for me man i'm your man g money stacks aka the greginator thank you very much for listening to two six to episode 260 um titled strawberries goes with the desserts we love all right and remember the grind does not stop. Hard work pays off. Everybody starts from the bottom. In order for you to get to the top, you have to start from the bottom. Um, hard work pays off. If you want something, you have to work hard and you have to earn it. New York wasn't built in a day. And also, you know, remember, in the words of Ivy Rivera, you have to validate yourself. They're not people are not going to validate for you. The only person you have to validate is yourself. Believe in yourself. Be confident in what you do. As far as career-wise, the the type of the type of um skills that you have. Don't let anybody stop you. Follow your goals and dreams. And of course, be sure to be sure to um find and look for something that clicks to you, that makes you smile and happy, and and of course, and of course, um, find your voice, be confident, 
that gets you that gets you on your p's and q's be consistent with your craft and everything in between that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision all right so thank you very much for listening and tuning in and rocking with me i appreciate every single one of you you could have listened to any podcast in the world but you chose to listen to this new york podcast platform right here so once again thank you very much I will see y'all next time. I hope y'all enjoy your Earth Day weekend with some activ- some fun activities and everything in between. Be careful out there. Peace and one love. Good night, everybody. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z. N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GMoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, Previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.